Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Sons Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to Two Sons Podcast, a podcast where two brothers talk about everything film. On today's episode, we're going to be doing an Eternals character breakdown. We actually just finished recording an Eternals character breakdown episode, but we found out we were going to run out of time. So we only got through our 10 uh to four spots so we decided to save the top three for one uh episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is what that episode's going to be mm-hmm. both of us talking about our top three eternals characters going a little bit more in depth about exactly why and what we think about them oh indeed uh, as stated in the last episode we actually don't know each other's list we so don't. this should be pretty interesting mm-hmm. and it looks like they're gonna be pretty similar mm-hmm. because the lists were actually kind of similar yeah pretty much but as you could hear, my brother is back with me. I am and back. we are going to start talking about this again. We are going so to. So let's just jump right back into yep, it. Yep, let's do it. And why don't I start off, and I'm going to talk about my number three. Alrighty. Okay, I <laughs> I actually wanted to have a whole episode about this, but I think I need to see the film again to really think about it more. But this was really no surprise, because once I saw the trailers, the commercials, and all that for... This film, I knew this was going to be one of my favorites, and that is Icarus. Interesting. Okay, uh, so Icarus, as we know, is probably one of the most, if not the most powerful, eternal. He's Scottish. Yes, Richard Madden. Oh, Scotland. Um, that was kind of more Irish. I'm sorry to everybody that's Scottish that listens to this podcast. That was not a very good Scottish accent. I, I don't think anybody... Moving on! I don't think anybody that's Scottish <laughs> listens to us, but if if you do... Let us know how Scotland is. I've always wanted to go to Edinburgh. It's this city in Scotland. All right, moving on. So, Icarus. Isn't that where Braveheart takes place? Yes, I mean, the events. You guys should check out that. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that. But, yeah, back to actually what we're (laughs) talking about. Um, We have Icarus, which is played by Richard Madden. And we, again, like my brother said in his uh, talks about Icarus, he is kind of that Superman-esque character. You know, he's... Obviously has uh, pretty insane strength. Shoot lasers out of his eyes, can fly, all that fun stuff. He looks cool. He was definitely made, you know, to sell toys and all that jazz. But he is arguably one of the most well-written characters in Marvel, in my opinion. Definitely the most well-written character in this film. You know, he is focused on a lot. Because really when we first meet him, and what strikes, uh, what actually stuck out to me is... When you first meet the Eternals and they're on the uh, their ship, I forget what it's called, and they're talking to uh, Arisham, and this is when all the Eternals meet each other for the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, Cersei's by the window and Icarus goes up to her, and, you know, I forget exactly what he says, but it's something along the lines, she's like, beautiful, isn't it? And he's like, it is. And, I, I you know, I couldn't tell if he was really talking about Cersei or, you know, the Earth, and I really do feel like he was talking about Cersei, as we know they have a... That sly devil... As we know, they have uh, a, you know, a love interest in the film, obviously. And, you know, he's like, my name is Icarus. And, you know, fast forward, we see them go in Mesopotamia. And, you know, we have the first battle sequence of them together. But really, we get more into Icarus's character when uh, he starts, I guess, catching feelings for Cersei, which is, is that ancient Babylon? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's where we see him catching feelings for Cersei. And, you know, as we see the other characters interesting with the people, um, interesting, sorry. Interacting. Interacting with the people of Babylon, 
we really don't see Icarus kind of take an interest. You know, he's mm-hmm. kind of just he he always almost stands to the side in the back watching, and and observing. And I don't really know if that's because he doesn't understand humans, or even himself, so to speak, mm-hmm. or what's going on, or if he just I don't know if he just doesn't really favor it. But we actually see him take an interest in Cersei, which really pushes his character forward. Mm-hmm. And once he, you know, has that moment with Cersei where they're in um, almost the hills of it, where it looks like. Where and they, they have sex. Yep, yeah, just blatantly say it. Uh, yes, they do have sex. I don't know why, but it happens. Uh, just part of life. You know, he, he <laughs> he's like, I love you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I could have wanted that a better way. <laughs> he's just he's just in the hills and he's I like, love I love you, Cersei. <laughs> to the Patrick meme in SpongeBob, I love you. <laughs> um, but yes, we see him, you know, fall in love with Cersei. And right after that, we initially get a change in him, where he's taking an interest with humans, you know, learning simple things, trying, you know, their foods. You know, getting dressed. We actually see them get married uh, somewhere in India. Mm-hmm. You know, wearing that. That's that definitely looked like a beautiful wedding. And uh, we actually find out that, you know, for a while, him and Cersei are together, and then they uh, they break up, or uh, we actually find out that Icarus leaves. And you know, I definitely was wondering why he left. Cause I was also wondering that if you know their mission was complete, so to speak, and they just had to sit around and wait, why would he leave Cersei? You know, I can't really see anything happening. I mean, unless thousands of years takes a toll on a relationship, and one month can, so thousands of years. I guess you can call that a long-distance relationship. Ah, uh, because, uh, I don't know. Lo- you know, because the distance, you know, time-wise. So we fast-forward, and we see him uh, actually come back in London, you know, right where it looks like Sprite and uh, Cersei and also, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. Jon Snow. Yes, but his character is Dan. Dan. What, uh, good old Dan. Yeah, Dan. Danny boy. Um, we see them. Can we just call him Jon Snow? I mean, I think that's a more appropriate name. Okay, sure. Okay. We see Jon Snow and uh, what, Rob Stark? <laughs> is that the other dude? Yes, yes. Icarus is Rob Stark. Yes, so we see uh, Jon Snow, you know, Cersei and Sprite getting attacked by the... Deviant. Yes, the deviant, and mm. of course we see Icarus coming. Icarus coming and save the day, uh, you know, like Superman would. Just you know, more badass. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> just more <laughs> badass, and you know, Cersei's kind of like, why? You know, why are you here? Like, what happened? You know, she's bump. pretty much like, oh my god, it's my boyfriend from like five thousand CE. <laughs> okay, <laughs> take a sip of Guinness over here. Not sponsored. Um, but yes, we see him come back and really what gets me on, you know, why his character is so well written is the complete turn his character took when we find out what he did to Ajax, which I really wouldn't have seen that coming, honestly, you know, just I have to say for myself, I was pretty shocked. That that really, I think that was like everybody's pretty much reaction. Like if you like were to watch a YouTube video of like fans reacting to like, Icarus's betrayal, I think everybody would be pretty shocked because I don't think anybody expected that. Because, you know... Which is also why his character development was so good because nobody expected it. Exactly. You know, know, when when I think of Icarus, one of the first things that comes to mind is like a loyal soldier. Again, Mm -hmm. he was arguably one of the most powerful fighters. See, but we also see that that loyalty also impacted his decision and because he was so loyal to, you know, not only, you know, Ajax as a person, but like just to the cause he was made, 
you know, mm-hmm. to fight for. I also we think... see that conflicting in his like actual personality and thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, because that loyalty gets tested. Yeah, I definitely think he's one of those characters where he struggles with you know what's the whole point of him being here. You know, because again, you you could argue that he obviously wanted the emergence to happen, but did he really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see right after you know he killed Ajax instant remorse mm-hmm. you know he takes her back to her uh farm farmhouse and you know he has that scene where he breaks down and you know just shoots the lasers across the field now i did i did tell you after we well after you joined me after i watched it that his character development reminded me a lot of kylo ren as if you know those scenes like almost were like identical oh as, yeah as if like you know they thought both kylo and icarus thought by killing somebody they like loved somebody who they cared about it would make you know what they thought was right better in a sense but obviously we see it have the opposite effect and it really crushes their character and it causes that internal strife throughout the whole entire film i mean we see him say we see him very good point we see him say that he's willing you know if i have to kill all of you to you know start the emergence uh i will and, you know, to think that he would literally kill his only family just so this could happen because he feels like that's what his purpose is supposed to be is just striking. Because, again, like for – I mean you could argue that he's not a person because, you know, the Eternals really aren't people. But for somebody to make that decision is, uh, you know, an extremely hard decision. And why he's so well written, in my opinion, is really – because of that, you know, again, not only because, you know, he's this cut, clear, strong character, but, you know, once he develops, you know, his feelings for Cersei, we can see that that also definitely plays a role throughout this whole film. You know, we, we find out why he leaves exactly and what, but again, like for the amount of time that he left, like, let's just think about of how crushing that probably was for him, mm-hmm. you know, because Cersei arguably was probably one of the only people that understood stood him the most and you know again that was i i feel like again from the first uh, time he laid eyes on her in the ship he like knew that like this was the person he you know it was love at first sight yeah you could argue that you know i don't know if yeah yeah you could honestly argue that it was love at first sight in a sense and you know i I just feel like as again how i explained cersei as how caring and you know pure of a pure of a character she probably is um, Icarus saw that and, you know, he, he wanted, he wanted to stick by that. And I feel like he was kind of not really jealous in a sense, but he's like, why can't I do that? Why can't I just make this decision that, you know, for these people that I love, but you know, I, I can't cause I, I, I need to complete my mission, but you know, uh, you know, so it's a constant back and forth and balance, which just makes it so good. Cause again, it, it's, it's, it's honestly, it, 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 it's really sad. Because even, you know, when we see him battling Fastos and Thena and all that, you know, from the moment he battles Thena too, I really feel like he, he's not on the side of like, yeah, like I, I will kill you. But, you know, l- l- let's be honest. He's not just like, it's not like he's going to have no remorse. And even, you know, he, he wasn't holding back really on any of them, but he didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could see that in the fight scenes and all that. And plus, literally the whole time he was fighting everybody. He was always telling them to stop or, like, don't do this or stop. So, like, it was never, like, he was just maliciously, like, out for blood. Like, he was reasoning with them or trying to plead with them, like, until he thought it was absolutely necessary to kill them, mm-hmm. basically. And I feel like he had that, like, nice little moment with, like, Sprite because, again, like, he saw somebody that was sticking by him even though, like, he probably knew 
that his decision wasn't right. He's like, I'm glad like you see it my way, because this again, this is what you know. You have to you have to think about it in the terms of again these. Eternals were made for one sole purpose, and once they find out exactly why they were here, they have to think about, well, what's what's my point in going on and living? If this is literally just going to be my whole existence for eternity, why should I do this? And he had to decide if this was morally right in his head. Because again, all the Eternals have that moral battle of deciding whether or not stopping the emergence is morally right or not. You know, when you kind of look at the Eternals as a whole, it's a very depressing movie. It honestly is. It, really, it, when you it, really think about it. It makes you think. And you know, again, it's probably think, like one of Marvel's like darker movies, like from like a psychological standpoint. I think that's the beauty of this film too, because you know, sidetracking onto it a little bit and I don't understand the hate for this movie is it's one of those films that really makes you think about their decisions. Because you could you could literally go back and talk about every single character and argue, you know, what moral decisions they have to make. And Icarus being one of the most strong has to make this moral decision because he knows he's like well if anybody is gonna stop everybody else from stopping the emergence it's gonna be me you know i I could hold everybody back which you know arguably obviously he can uh even though we did see him kind of get defeated in the third act but even after the emergence is stopped and you know he you know he gets free of everybody and he's going to take out cersei we see him you know for a split second maybe try it but after that you know just immediately stop so again, we we know in the end he he did not want to do all any of this. You can also compare that scene to where uh, it was Star Wars: The Last Jedi, where Kylo was converging on the on his mother's ship, and he was thinking about doing it, and you saw his thumb go yeah. over the trigger, but he stopped. You know, I feel like you could we could do a whole episode on like comparing Icarus and Kylo and how like kind of closely related their characters are. Yeah. When you really think about it. I'm so write that down. But um, yeah, going back to that, we see. Him after that immediately apologized because again, like he, even though Cersei knows that he did what he did because he had his own moral reasons, that doesn't inherently make it right or make it wrong. Just like you could argue all the choices for each of the characters. Again, Kingo leaving does that make it right? Well, you know or wrong? the whole concept of what is right and what is wrong is a human concept. And I feel like that's what's displayed in this film because again, is the is the sacrifice of one planet, uh, inherently better than stopping the emergence so in a way of that, that just proves that dozens of others how much influence humanity had on them as as people or as beings because they started thinking well what is right and what is wrong because mm-hmm. uh, again like they they saw the beauty in humans while some saw the 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 terror in humans such as druig and fastos really saw how evil humans could be with the dropping of the atomic bomb and just the countless wars that have happened throughout history mm-hmm and again, I feel like we see these moral battles play out through all these characters, but especially Icarus, I feel like represents mainly because he was focused on as more of a main character. But again, he's so well written in every choice that he makes. You could really see it play out. You know, it's not like it's quick on a dime mm. with his decisions. Mm. Even you know, just that, especially when he goes back with Ajax and she's explaining to him, and you know, he says she told me right after Babylon. I mean, no, not right after Babylon. Um, after, yes, he he told she told me right after that, and you know that's why he he left, which is like he had to literally leave for thousands of years to try to process his decisions, if he knew this was inherently right or wrong in his mind, and you know after we obviously see he leaves and he flies too close to the sun. Now I don't know if he's dead or not. 
uh, maybe we'll find out in a later movie because we know the Eternals will return. Like I hope we do find out, you know, if he died doing that or if he is alive somewhere. But he's just such he he really is an interesting character. And you know, I did I did see a TikTok of them talking about why he is the most well written character, and you know, it did make me think about it more because right after the film, I knew you know I really did enjoy Icarus, and I loved the direction they went with him, and you know that's why he's on my number three. So, I mean, I, you know, why don't you go on with your number three? Okay. How about number three? I had Gilgamesh. Hmm. And, honestly, I really like Gilgamesh as a character. I, I know he did not play such a huge part yeah. throughout the story. Uh, you know, forgive me, I do not know that. Do you know the actor's name, by any chance? Uh, I would have to look it up. Well, the actor did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I apologize. And um, I also liked how he was referenced after um, a historical figure, or I should say a historical mythological figure, and uh, it kind of fit right into where they landed in human history, mm-hmm. as like that figure has to do with like Mesopotamia, which was really cool. And he was very self-righteous, self-noble character. He He never put himself above anybody else, and he was willing to literally stay until the end of days with Athena or Athena so she wouldn't hurt anybody else and she wouldn't have to get her memory erased. And I think that's like one of the most like beautiful things about this character is because he did not hesitate to to volunteer, to say that I'm gonna spend the rest of our time here on Earth with Athena. Mm-hmm. He was he jumped at the chance. And again, as as you mentioned in our previous episode when you did your ranking of Gilgamesh, you mentioned how he said, if you love something, you know, you like stay, stay close to it. Or like, you know, you kind of hold it. It's something you, you hold it, on it, to it. It was something where like Thena said, yeah, like love is like the most pure thing a human can do, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that, that idea of human nature where love is truly the purest thing that you could do. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we could argue that, you know, maybe it's not cause you know, but that's, that's a whole like, you know, conversation for you know psych majors (laughs) but you know you know initially the whole idea of love is very pure and that was basically his character i mean honestly i didn't think there was a bad bone in this character's body no and i mean you really saw his personality shine through he was just very laid back i mean you know when we first meet him again in like the modern age he's cooking a pie in like a he has like a like a kiss the chef apron on at first when he grabbed it out of the oven i'm like aren't his hands gonna burn and i'm like oh you almost yeah. forgot <laughs> that he was an eternal you almost <laughs> forgot that he was just like this like you know like macho like you know but also like caring guy that makes pies for ladies you know i definitely <laughs> you know? agree like i feel especially with him sticking around thena for so long like mm-hmm. really shows the amount of love and compassion that this he this really emphasizes like some of the beauties and the positivities of human nature like mm-hmm. friendship love loyalty compassion and he almost brings about... He's almost like a perfect embodiment of, like, what humanity could actually do. Yeah. Like what humanity could do good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously we see his life cut short um, in the Amazon scene where he he dies doing what he thought was right. I Again, he, 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 stuck, he stuck with Thena. He could have. He definitely could have. If, if Thena did not get mad weary at that time, mm-hmm. he could have defeated the, the Deviant, like, Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Because the deviant wasn't developed enough to, I mean, even with this with the self healing, he would have wore it down enough before he was able to self regenerate, and he would have beat the deviant. Mm-hmm. But he died doing what he loved in a sense, 
And yeah. he did not regret a second of it. Mm-hmm. And whether it was more of like a sibling connection, or maybe even it could have been a romantical connection. Because, you know, obviously we see at the very end of, you know, the movie in the third act, we see the Deviant, like, refer to himself as Gilgamesh, like, while she's in that, like, mad, weary state to kind of, like, trick her into, like, stop fighting. And, uh, you know, we see her, like, almost, like, embrace it. Mm-hmm. As, like, you know, if she misses Gilgamesh. But, again, is that, like, a romantic embrace or, like, a friendship embrace? You know, that's just up to the fans, to be honest, whether they want to, like, ship Gilgamesh. I try not to romanticize, like, every character. Because, mm-hmm. again, like, literally a male and a female character but can again, just you know, be although, really close. Although, but it's again, hard to say. Although, again, you know, really the only power he had was just, you know, super strength. Yeah. You know, I, I did not put him in top three because of his power. I put him in top three just because of who he was, what his character represented. And what it really shown throughout the entire film. Again, even though his life was cut short, you you really learned a lot about the connection that humanity and the Eternals had. But again, also what humanity could actually be. Yeah, if you and are. all the positives from humanity that again he embodied. And again, I didn't really see anything negative about his character. You know, I, I mean, you know, his friends come back for the first time in thousands of years, you know, he's baking a pie. You know, he, he gives them food, he gives them drinks, he gives them shelter, he, he's a host. You know, and again, like, not a second thought to this guy. You know, he, he does what he wants to do because he thinks it's right. Mm-hmm. And again, that was basically the main reason why he's he's at my top three. It's pretty funny, too. I like him. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the more, you know, we talk about this and I think about it, I feel like all, if not a large majority of Eternals kind of represent the moral decisions that humankind makes you know or has made throughout history mm-hmm. you know i definitely feel like each of them have some sort of like mm-hmm. thing with that because again you could argue that the eternals aren't human but you know they they, they, they are you know after spending thousands of years with humanity they really like, learn for example because again could... humans are we're, you know we're, we're creatures and we're we're a vet you know we're a complicated for example race. you could you could see a character like fina right as you know the warrior mm-hmm the the protector and what she goes through is mad weary right her all of her experiences all of her trauma could represent the ptsd exactly you could associate that with an everyday soldier Mm -hmm. doing the same thing and suffering from the same thing but just being called a different thing and trying to stick with it but again it's hard exactly and you know having that support that fina had with gilgamesh also like having that support system with somebody that suffers from ptsd Mm -hmm. so again like you know when you really you could really break down every character and look at what humanity and this eternal have in common you know and that was one of the main things that i thought of when i put gilgamesh I number three a good take. i think it's a good take we're doing <laughs> really puts your mind in perspective I'm pretty proud of us uh so yeah let's get into the top two and i'm pretty sure we have the same characters in the top two i'm just wondering which one's your second mm-hmm. and which one's your first uh, so my t- number two spot, and I knew I was going to go in loving this character, regardless of honestly what they did, but th- this character actually took a turn for me, and that is Thena. You know, Angelina Jolie herself is just amazing, but once I saw that Thena was, I mean, once I saw that Angelina Jolie was going to be in a Marvel movie, I was like, get ready for the edits on TikTok, boys, <laughs> and then I just, all that, all that crap, but... I was really excited because, again, you know, she was playing Thena, and uh, if any of you know, obviously, references, you know, in the film and just in general, the goddess Athena, who is the goddess of war. So, obviously, she could have portrayed this badass uh, character 
uh, you know, female lead, have a bunch of strength and all that. But what really, really puts this character at number two for me is the fact that they actually made her go in the direction of having Mad Weary. Mm-hmm. It's because, again, it shows that, like like we just talked about with the whole PTSD aspect of it, is you have this arguably, you know, like I said this with Icarus, but you could argue you could argue that Thena, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure even the other Eternals reference it, that she's their strongest warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, Icarus is probably their strongest fighter, but she is their strongest warrior, and she embodies that warrior spirit. But she is literally, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a deer caught in headlights when Mad Weary happens. Mm-hmm. And it just completely puts her out of it. And I'm glad they do that. Because again, it, it shows that that's not all her character is. You know, she it, essentially she almost has these human traits that, you know, stuff is going to get to her. And, and we don't know that so many things could have happened to her over the other thousands of years she's been alive. Because we know... The other Eternals have been on other planets and stuff and have mm. probably done the same thing. And she's probably experienced so much <clears throat> that this is really the time that it's affecting her. And what really, again, struck me was her and Gilgamesh's relationship. Because, you know, however you interpret it is however you interpret it. But I really did not see that coming and having, you know, this much care and love with these characters. I'm sorry, did you mean to say Gilgamesh? I think you said Icarus. I don't, I don't think I said Icarus. I'm sorry, I thought I heard Icarus, never mind. Continue. Well, if I said Icarus, I meant Gilgamesh, but uh, if I said Gilgamesh, just, I, I meant Gilgamesh. I know what you mean. <laughs> um, I, you know, and I really enjoy, you know, one of the scenes that gets me in is that I, I don't really know if she's doing some sort of spiritual or religious thing, but when she, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a couple of scenes where it's where her and Gilgamesh are currently living and she goes out um, by the, the tree mm-hmm. where she has the stuff hanging from it. I don't know if you remember what was hanging from it. Was it like carvings or wood things or... It was almost like... It, they almost it looked like kind of like religious like... I feel like, like it was some sort of... or symbols. Some sort of thing she was doing. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if it was... Perhaps just... it was maybe like a practice that she picked up like, you know, in her travels like maybe like in ancient Greece or, you know, maybe from a, a culture that she was living amongst maybe that brought her like some, some sort of peace or helped with her mad weary. Yeah, I mean, I just find that fascinating. I mean, again, it probably shows that for thousands of years, you know, the the time in between from the present day from when we first get introduced to the thousand years, she's probably been trying to fix this. You know, we could see that she obviously doesn't enjoy it. Again, like there there were there were times where the Eternals had to decide whether or not to kill her. Because mm. who knew? Because, you know, if she was the strongest warrior, she could possibly defeat all of them if not almost most of them so they were gonna have to make the decision on how much they love her how much they care about her and what to do and you know she really seems like a very peaceful but also like thoughtful person mm-hmm. you know not, not I, I don't know if you want to say person but not only is she strong but no well, you know she you, definitely you does that, have you can see that although she suffers from mad weary you know just like how self, someone would suffer from PTSD you know they can obviously get aggressive and you know that we know that that is not that person's true nature. Oh yeah. And we know that even though she is a warrior, you know, and she deals in violence, her true nature is really just, you know, of compassion and beauty and, and, uh, you know, overall she just has a very gentle personality for being such an amazing warrior. Yeah. And I definitely think it's really cool how like they refer to her, like obviously in, you know, the Marvel timeline history as the goddess Athena, you know, like she, she was in those events that, they probably talked about because I'm sure the beasts were like the th- the deviants or something like that. Uh, so not only was her powers and all of you know her fight scenes amazing, this whole mad weary thing 
really caught me by surprise because again what i went in thinking about her character was she's good she was going to be a badass warrior and i really didn't think about anything else like that i probably mm-hmm. should have but again i saw angelina jolie i saw her in marvel and i saw her playing thena so i was like badass warrior and then mad weird happened i'm like whoa i'm like this this is this is pretty cool and the scene that really man the scene the scene that got to me was really the when she is facing obviously the main deviant at the end because again it killed giga Gigamesh, it, it, it um killed uh, Gilgamesh. It killed our gigabytes. And we know that that absolutely destroyed Thena. And mm. she, what she wanted was to get back for this. And you know we saw that she need she 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 really essentially needed that revenge because mm. that was what what that was what was most important to her. And now she really didn't have that support that she had before. I'm not saying the other. Eternals aren't support, but we could argue that Gilgamesh was the support she always needed. And, you know, when the Deviant takes the voice of Gilgamesh, we, we could see the change in her, like, instantly, showing how much she cared. And then, when she, you know, when she finally realizes what's going on and kills it, it you know, I'm, I'm like, thank God. Like, you, you get her. I mean, you get him. Whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> so... That's, you know, again, she's at my number two because I knew I was going to go on, like, loving this character. And the whole Mad Weary story really took me by surprise and just made it even better. So not only is she badass, but she embodies a lot of human qualities that I think are very important when it comes to a character. So, yeah, that's my number two for you. At my number two, I had Makari. Mm. So basically our number ones are just flip flops. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I have Makari is, is, first of all, you know, some of it's a little biased. I mean, I do have, like, a little bit of a crush on Lauren Lauren Riloff. She's an amazing actress. And for you, for you, those of you that do not know, I'm sure she is shar- starred, I'm sorry, <laughs> starred in other projects. She is most famous, as as of now, known for AMC's The Walking Dead. And she, she's she been on the show for probably maybe, like, what, two or three seasons now? Yeah, I want to say. She was, she was part of, you know, I, yeah, I would say about two or three seasons. And uh, she is the only deaf actress on the show and she is also the only deaf actress in the uh, Eternals movie and the first deaf actress she's the first in a Marvel deaf role actress in a Marvel in general and you know I'm film. assuming she's also the first deaf person of color mm-hmm. she broke also, a lot of she broke a lot of, she broke so a lot of boundaries a lot of records and uh, you know she really did an amazing job so uh, she gets points for just me you know being biased and having a little bit of a crush on her um <laughs> Other than that, you know, again, I, I think she, I think she really embodies one of the other aspects of humanity, which is, you know, if you notice, you know, I know it was very subtle, but if you notice, you know, in ancient Babylon, and then even, you know, all the time she spent, you know, like alone, she was always procuring knowledge. She was always mm. taking artifacts. She was also she was always exploring other cultures, and she was always trying to procure knowledge because she was always very curious. Yes. And. Obviously, us as humans, we're, we're always curious. You know, I mean, that's basically how we evolved. You know, because, for example, we're like, oh, like, you know, why does why do our plants grow when the sun shines on them? Or why do our plants grow? Why do our plants grow when we pour water on them? Mm-hmm. And that's just us being curious in nature. So she really did a great job of embodying humanity's curiosity in one person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that scene with... You know her hoard of collectibles that she has from thousands and thousands of years and <clears throat> you know although she doesn't say much you know again not that she doesn't speak but just you know you know her, she her, speaks her in her own way exactly 
you know, that's not what I meant by saying. Yeah, you know. I, know, I, know, I know what you mean. <laughs> but, um, you know, we don't really know why she collects these objects and why she's so curious and why she goes after all this knowledge, but it's just a nice little subtlety that they throw in there. And, again, you know, we see that nice little relationship develop with her and Druig and, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, friends, you know, like, brother and sister romantic you know again that's up I to the fans it, i think it was leading i think romantic. it was leading that's that's what that's what i think but you know anyway um yeah you know so besides you know really embodying you know humanity's curiosity and you know just being an amazing actress in general uh you know her work in the film was also amazing i mean the fact that you know not only she was able to completely embody the character that she was designed to embody and you know just do an amazing job overall it's also really nice to see that her co-stars were also right there with her. Mm-hmm. You know, she would sign, they would sign right back. You know, they knew exactly what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really amazing. And her powers, her powers were also one of interest as well. I mean, obviously she had super speed, but she also had the ability to break the sound barrier. Well, that plays a part of super speed, Which, which is really, you know, because, you know... And it seemed like nothing to her. That's the thing that really strikes me about it. Is again, <clears> like, <throat> literally, it's not like it took her, like, a, a large amount of time to charge it up. In a fight with Icarus, she did, like, four punches, then she broke the sound barrier. Mm-hmm. Like, it was nothing. And, you know, although she, as a character, you know, did not have a lot of development, we... I feel like she didn't need... We definitely, we definitely got a lot from her. And I think she's definitely going to play uh, more of a pivotal part in future Eternal projects. And, I mean, obviously, she had that amazing fight sequence with Icarus on the beach in the final act. And, you know, that was really a true testament to her power. And, you know, that, you know, never giving up spirit. Because, you know, no matter how many times she got knocked down, she got back up until she couldn't. And, uh, you know, that really, you know, stays true to her character as a whole. And that's really one of the main reasons why I have her at, at number two on my list. Yeah, so, uh, surprise, surprise, my number one is Makari, and this was honestly a character going oh, yeah. in. Oh, you mean number two? No, I just, my number two is Stina. Oh, I'm sorry, I just did my number two. Never mind, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just talked about my number two. I lost two. track of the numbers, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, so, surprise, surprise, my number one is Makari, and this was actually, again, this, again, this was, an, and I... I think I said this about literally every character, but this was a character that took me by surprise because going in, I knew Lauren Ridloff from The Walking Dead. And um, when I first got introduced to this character on The Walking Dead, I was like, wow. I was like, that that's interesting. Because I, maybe I haven't watched enough film, but for a um, deaf person to come in, you know, to arguably one of the most popular shows in television history... And it'd be such a badass. And especially if you watch later episodes of The Walking Dead now, there was one with her, and I forget the other character's name, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, they, they're Virgil. in the house. Virgil. Yeah, him, her and Virgil, and they're in the house, and they are both extremely exhausted. And it's and it's, and it's a one of the best episodes of The Walking Dead, in my opinion, because, again, they, Virgil can't inherently communicate with her, nor she, can she inherently communicate with him. And they're like faced in a house, not you know, as the Walking Dead. Obviously, you have zombies, but in this house, there are like feral humans. feral humans in the walls and stuff. And she has to literally go on surviving. And I honestly thought it was like a dream sequence, but blah blah. blah. 
amazing actress on there and you know i think i saw actually an instagram post that she was going to be playing you know somebody in the eternals i was like oh my that that's badass you know because i knew she was deaf and a person of color and i'm like that's amazing that she's she's going to be in you know one of marvel's biggest films in my opinion and you know right off the bat even from the commercials you know you could see oh she's she's a speedster you know she's one of marvel's speedsters and we really only see marvel do speedsters uh one other time with quicksilver obviously and that was all right but this is the, uh, I don't even know. I mean, I gotta again. I gotta go back and rewatch both these movies. But I think this is the best speedster that we've seen in film. You know, if you go back and watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, you see a very different take <clears throat> on how a speedster is done with a lot of slow motion. You know, which is beautiful. But Macari is just you know speed is just inherently badass. It doesn't take you out of focus. Nor does it, you know, take too long or anything like that. Not saying Zack Snyder's Justice League Flash does that. But I just think her scenes are so badass and her character is so interesting that I think she's the most badass speedster we have on screen. And again, my, like my brother said, her character doesn't really change much throughout the film. She stays the same. We get that she's a caring, caring character and she's a caring person for her Eternals family members. We see that. From the first time they arrive in Mesopotamia to when they're trying to put Tima to sleep and stop the emergence. But, excuse me, um, we see her become very fascinated with human life and really what goes on, you know, with people and especially the objects around them. Which I feel like that plays a part into the question of, you know, how humans are and stuff. Because again, no matter... From going from ages, from, you know, being a baby, obviously, they're very curious. To Even now, I get, you know, curious and I'm interested in a bunch of different things. And I feel like she represents that part of human society. And really, when I saw, like, let me tell you guys, if you have not seen this movie, go watch. I mean, you probably already heard spoilers, but, like, tell me, go back and rewatch it. Because when I saw the scene of her taking on Icarus, I was like, holy <clears throat> shit, she might be the most powerful Eternal. Because I was like, she was beating his ass. Um, as you know, we know in the third act on the beach scene, literally as soon as he throws Druig, we see Makari basically like, not really snap, but she's like, yeah, your your ass is getting clapped now. And she just instantly grabs him, is running him through the rubble. You know, literally, literally you have the scene where she, she, go, it goes frame by frame and she's on each side of Icarus, punches him, punches him, punches him, punches him, and then boom, breaks the sound barrier like it was nothing. And, you know, that's that's just amazing to me. And obviously we see, you know, every time something happens to another character, she speeds right there and she's there for them. So not only is she, you know, somebody caring, but something I love about this, and I don't know if it was, you know, the producers or the director's decision or if, you know, Chloe Zhao or whoever it was, but for Marvel to just make her being deaf literally flow so well with the story and not inherently make her... I, I don't know if I'm putting it into right words, but her being deaf is just so natural. Mm. It's not like that's not that's not um the whole point of her character. Her her character isn't oh she's a deaf superhero. No, she's just Makari. Mm. She's this badass speedster, and I love that it's just so natural and it flows throughout the film. You almost like just kind of like don't even like realize that she's deaf. You know, like, you I, you, re, I, you really don't. I mean, like, even though she does sign throughout the whole entire film, like again, it just. But again, know, it just feels the subtitles. So I just feel like she's talking to me, mm-hmm. and like I would honestly love to learn sign language. And fun fun fact, guys, I think if you follow like IGN or anything, um, they posted this on a, their Instagram, but sign language 
like searches like for people wanting to learn went up i think 275 percent right after this film came out just because of her character so the, you know let's just talk about the impact she makes but again this is she is a deaf um woman of color superhero like lead in a film in, in a marvel film so this is just massive for like you know girls all around the world and i re and i think we will see her character again because obviously we see her go up with um tina Druig and Dina and Druig, which I think they're going to be a fun like trio if they do scenes together in the future. And uh, I just can't wait to see more of her, guys. So, I mean, she's at my number one, Makari Supremacy. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's my number one. Well, uh, my number one, to, to finish my list, is I put Thena. Yeah. Is it Athena or Thena? It's Thena. Okay. Because she's like... But I know... It's uh, okay. Thena, but cut the, it's, cut the A, I don't know, something like that. I, I know <laughs> what you mean. I put Thena at... Number one, again, a little biased because, you know, come on, it's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> She's, anyway, <laughs> amazing actress. She really embodied, you know, what we talked about before, you know, the warrior aspect. You know, I mean, honestly, if I had to cast like a female warrior in a film, she'd probably be one of the actresses that I, I would like look towards. just, uh, mm -hmm. if I think of a warrior goddess, mm -hmm. Angelina Jolie. 100%, 100%, literally 100%. <laughs> literally. And, you know, we really see her um embrace that aspect of you know the warrior you know the fighter and you know the protector in a way i mean you know from the very beginning you know she protected humanity but you know without a second thought mm -hmm. and again you know as we discussed before you know she also suffers from mad weary which is a direct relation to you know what pdsd is you know and the millions of planets you know she saw you know created and destroyed and you know the countless times she fought deviants and maybe possibly even lost eternal you know brethren and sisters she suffered from that and you know although it doesn't happen entirely you know throughout every eternal group that you know is designated to a planet we we see it affect her and you know obviously as my brother stated you know we see the eternals almost come to a decision of like well what should we do you know should we kill her should we erase her memory what should we do and obviously you know as i discussed in my gilgamesh ranking you know we see him take on the role of being her protector and he doesn't see it as a burden at all you know and that makes him a self-righteous character but to her she's ever grateful even though she might not come out and say it directly you know in in my eyes i feel like she didn't think that she deserved it and you know she would have done honestly what was best for the group if she had the actual choice and i think that's why she was so close to gilgamesh and that is why she was so hell-bent on revenge after he after he was killed and you know to to not drone on and you know repeat the same same things we were saying i'm gonna leave off with you know overall you know angelina jolie being an amazing actress she did a phenomenal job her power was super cool i mean i just think that shield spear combo was super cool yeah it's like her, her, it's, it's like what a classic warrior mm -hmm. would wield and her, her fighting style was just super fluent and everything and I'm glad her story came to a positive end where she was able to defeat the Deviant and then go on, you know, joined by Druig and Makari to, you know, kind of just meet up with other Eternals and, uh, you know, really expose the truth of what why they were made. And, and uh, you know, again, she never lost that fighting spirit. And, you know, I was mentioning as you stepped out how, you know, she, if she had it her way, she probably would have done whatever she had to do for the group. When it came to, like, if they asked her, like, well, what do you want us to do when it comes to your mad weary? I'm sure if Gilgamesh didn't step up 
and take the responsibility of like being her protector, she would have done what she thought was necessary oh, yeah. for the group. Yeah. And that's just being, you know, the warrior, you know, the, the protector. Mm-hmm. In order to protect her group, she would have probably taken her own life if yeah, not protecting the group. Either that or she would have had to leave or mm-hmm. something. And, you know, really, again, just as we looked into our top three, you know, we can see that each of these Eternals has a characteristic of humanity. And, uh, you know, obviously she fits the warrior, you know, and the PTSD and mental health aspect of war uh, to a T. And that was one of the reasons why she, uh, she was my top one. And overall, though, that was the reason why she was at my top one spot. She also has that great team with Fasto's son at mm-hmm. the end with the uh, orange. And, uh, hey, I've never seen a better way to get an orange but hold off on, a shelf. What does he exactly say? He's like, oh, sometimes like I don't really understand like how things... Oh, because he's trying to... Um, I think used the microwave for like the toaster or something. Well, she like, she was checking out the oh yeah the she was checking out the to toaster see how it works. and he's like yeah sometimes like I I don't really understand how things work and she's like yeah me neither and I'm like I I just felt like that was so pure because again she's like a warrior, uh, you know again in the story essentially she's a warrior goddess this powerful person, and you know she she you know it's her trying to figure out how the toaster works. Like, <laughs> she she reminded me a lot of Diana. In, in Wonder Woman, she she reminded me of, like, Marvel's Wonder Woman, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, I see that. And, you know, even, like, down to the personality, you know, and again, you know, we have her basically, basically as this warrior goddess, where we have, you know, Wonder Woman as this Amazonian warrior. So, you know, their characters go hand in hand. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was, that was basically, unless you have anything to add about Athena, that, that was the reason why she was at my top spot. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, those were our top three Eternals. And I'm actually glad we did another episode because there was a lot to say about them. Now, they were quite similar. I think the only difference is Icarus wasn't in your top three. And we just had Makari and Athena switch. Mm -hmm. But I really feel like there was no surprise with that. Um, So, yeah, if you guys don't know, I guess let's just go through our list. Uh, uh, My list, you know, from uh, from bottom to top was Sprite, Kingo, Ajax... Uh, Fastos, Cersei, Gilgamesh, Druig, Icarus, Thena, and Makari. So, uh, what and was yours again? My list from uh, the 10th spot to the first spot was Sprite, Ajax, uh, Kingo, Fastos, Cersei, Druig, Icarus, Gilgamesh, Makari, and Thena. Yes, we just had a couple of switches around. Mm. Really not not too different, but I'm glad they mm. weren't the same because I figured they weren't being. I was, I was a little surprised different. with your Druig ranking, but when you explained it in our previous episode, it made a lot more sense. Yeah, like again, I definitely I definitely think this is a film. If you, you are able, guys, definitely go back and rewatch this film because the second time you see it, you'll definitely be able to form more opinions and mm-hmm. some of these rankings might even change for you or maybe even me who knows but i definitely am going to try to rewatch it again uh if you haven't go check out the eternals again do not listen to anybody reviews no no rotten tomato stuff this is nowhere near marvel's worst film or anything like that it is it, it's a phenomenal film in my opinion and i really enjoy it and uh, when we do an MCU like ranking of the films, I can't wait to talk about it again because mm-hmm. uh, I think I might surprise some people with where I rank it. Well, we said how you know when Eternals came out, we were gonna revisit our MCU rankings and oh, yeah. uh, you know see where Eternals fits into that uh, into that regard. I mean, even we could even if we didn't throw Shang Chi in there, I, I don't remember when we recorded that episode. So whatever movie wasn't out, we'll include. Obviously. No, we 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 talked about Shang Chi. Oh wait, in that ranking video, mm-hmm. I don't think Shang Chi was actually no. I think we might have saw Shang Chi, but we didn't do an actual Shang Chi review yet. Mm-hmm. So um, oh Jimmy Woo's in this. I forget he's in <laughs> Aquaman. 
he was on a TV. He's like the one that's saying. Like, oh no, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Oh, okay. I, know. I thought you were gonna elaborate on that. Oh no, just, yeah, we're watching. Like the... Well, Aquaman's on in the background right now while we're recording this. So I was like, oh, that's Jimmy Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I hope you guys enjoy this because I mean, I really like talking about the Eternals. I think they're an interesting uh, group of characters, and I can't wait to see where all their stories go. Honestly, I really do hope we can see flashbacks of like Ajax and Gilgamesh. You know. Because mm-hmm. obviously they're not there anymore, but if they could definitely do again, they have thousands of. I think years that the legacies that like... they left though will definitely be explored or remembered in future. Well, yeah, I mean projects. they might do flashbacks of in between, like maybe Icarus like visited like Gilgamesh and Athena, mm-hmm. or you know, Ajax visited <clears throat> somebody else. You know who knows? But uh, that's the beauty of films. You could always think and you know see that some things could happen here and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean. Nothing else to conclude, right? Yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, that that concludes our uh, top three Eternals. Uh, as we mentioned before, we did do a uh, full uh, Eternals review from the lowest, which is the 10th place spot, to the top, which is obviously number one. We did uh, 10 through 4 in our previous episode, but we wanted to take time to really dive deeper into why we had these Eternals in the top three spots, and I think we did a really good job of doing that. So with that being said, if you do enjoy this episode and you enjoy the content as a whole at the two sons podcast please give us a listen on anchor and spotify that's at the two sons podcast uh s-o-n-s instead of s-u-n-s and also please follow us on social media we do have a instagram twitter and facebook once again that is two sons podcast and again replace the u with an o and there you go so two sons podcast please leave some comments we always update with you know uh different film and, and news uh information you know my brother just put something out about uh, a year ago today you know the ahsoka tano series was uh was in the works and was announced so we're always you know putting well, it was in... actually ahsoka's appearance okay yeah like yes i'm in sorry Mandalorian yes. season two uh, i don't think it was exactly today it was a couple of days ago i believe the exact oh wait, no i think it was i know what you're talking about, or but yeah, you know bo- bottom appearance. line so you know there's uh there's uh you know those little uh announcements and you know updates you know uh every other day so you know if you like the content and you want to leave us some comments you know in social media you know we're always looking for uh comments and you know possible ideas for topics and you know maybe even like a q a i i really think a q a one would be really cool you know if we have enough people that will get interested in and leave us questions i think that'd be really cool so you know once again you know just check us out on social media you know check us out on anchor and spotify and uh you know obviously we have some future episodes that are you know going to be released uh, you know, we recorded a few in ahead because we weren't sure what the month of December was going to look like because obviously No Way Home is going to come out. It's going to get very busy for the both of us with school and work. So, you know, just to close it out, you know, if you have any final remarks about, you know, the future and what to expect, you know, I think we're I think we're good to go. Yeah, I mean, our goal really, guys, is to grow this podcast. And, you know, I really hope with us getting back into it, we can get a lot more viewers and stuff. Again, I don't really care the amount of viewers I get, but definitely check us out on Twitter. I believe that's where I could be the most um active you know so to speak it, it, december is going to be a very hard month to upload some stuff that's what we're trying to record now just because uh, i do have finals in december and you know again we are both students right now so we you know only have a limited amount of time to record but again definitely ch- and i think i'm gonna put that on a t-shirt like the son like i, I i'm gonna co- i'm gonna come <laughs> up with something make, make like a little jacket or something i think that'd be cool but yeah, guys, definitely, you know, check out all our social medias. Leave any comments on any of them you want because, you know, I'm open to literally doing any episode because there's so much stuff in film you could talk about. But again, thank you for coming out and listening. I hope you enjoyed, you know, both this episode and our last one on the Eternals characters breakdowns. 
Uh, have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great one. Ever you listen to this, stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. And I mean, yeah, that's it. Anything else? No, just please don't do anything stupid. Stay safe and enjoy the holiday season if we don't get a chance to say so. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. See you later.